0: block to radio
1: the positives and negatives from the first week of diamondbacks baseball along with how the pitching staff is doing all this and more on this week's episode of rattle off Welcome into Rattle Up, everybody. My name is Benson Factor. I'll be joined alongside here uh, by my coach, Chris Sumner, tonight for the episode of Rattle Up. Um, Blake will not be able to join us tonight, so it's just going to be me and Chris running the show. Blake is actually lucky enough to be at the Diamondbacks game right now. we try trying to give you a score update on that game. The Diamondbacks are crushing it uh, Tonight. They absolutely obliterated uh the Red Sox by a score of fifteen to eight. And I believe uh we have Chris ready. So here he is. Chris, welcome into the show. How you doing tonight?
0: Pretty good, how about you?
1: Good, yeah. So I just want to get your opinion right now on uh the first week of the Diamondbacks. you know, how they're doing and uh hear what you have for your weekly awards.
0: Well, for the first few days so against the dodgers i was really worried it would be a long season without many wins but we really picked it up against the padres and obviously tonight we did really well so i hope that the season good, keeps going like it was the last two series so instead the first for my weekly awards for my mvp i have uh, peralta and there was really no clear guy for the Cy Young award but because not really many of our starters did amazing but i'm gonna have to go with godley because he did really well tonight and uh just he came out strong in their big win tonight,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, obviously, with the Diamondbacks' first series against the Dodgers, uh, things weren't looking too hot. Uh, and as you said, many thought that this post Goldschmidt era wasn't going to turn out well. And uh, Goldschmidt hitting uh, three home runs, um, against the Brewers and four in that series really. Put some uh, insult to injury in that first series, but they've they've turned it around nicely and are starting to rebound now. Uh, does that mean contention? I uh, still have to wait that out, but uh, definitely the Diamondbacks' offense is starting to click. Uh, pitching needs to come around a little bit, but uh, overall, a a decent week for the Dbacks, and they definitely turned around from that first series against the Dodgers.
0: Yeah, we have scored five runs in every game so far, except for our season finale against the. Padres, so it's definitely been turning around, and uh, I think the Boatsman error won't be as good, but hopefully that they can see playing like they've been playing. Yeah, for
1: sure, and now we're going to head to our mailbag questions this week. Thank you for all who submitted. So, Chris, our first question is from D-Back Lambeau. Uh, Prospects ready to come to the big
0: league this season? Who you got? Well, John Duplantier came up the other day to make – he got his first career save against the Padres in a game where another starting pitcher made his debut. And I definitely think Jazz Chisholm is ready and Taylor Widener. They, I think they're both ready to come up and make, make an impact in the majors.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely put Jazz Chisholm there for me in that category. Obviously, Duplantier's made it up, and he's going to be a big part of the, the future of this Diamondbacks team. But Chisholm – uh, middle infielder right there. Uh, a need for this Diamondbacks team. Eventually, uh, we'll see what they do with Nick Ahmed, and then that second base spot with uh, oh, uh, you got Ketel Marte there. So interesting to see when Chisum gets up. I'd assume it'd be sometime this year, but I'd expect to make a big impact when he makes it to Phoenix. All right. Uh, second question is from Brendan: David Peralta an All Star this year. What do you think?
0: Yeah, the D-backs posted something the other day. He has the most hits through the first seven games of a di- any Diamondback ever. So if he keeps up at his pace that he's been going, then he's definitely going to be an All-Star this year.
1: Yeah, and with the stipulation that every team, unlike sports like the NBA, have to have an All-Star, I mean, we saw guys like Joe Jimenez and the Tigers making it uh, last year. And David Paul does know Joe Jimenez, don't get me wrong, he's an excellent ball player and may have may make the roster as a non-pity uh, pick, so to say. Uh, but David Peralta is definitely this team's best player, and he's going to be the representative about the All-Star game. I don't believe they're going to have any other representatives, but uh, Peralta definitely will be an All-Star in 2019. All right, second question from Jonathan. How will the D-backs do in 2019?
0: Well, they've been really picking up, but I, I don't think they'll be doing that right. I mean, they played amazing today, but... I don't think we'll be able to keep that up against strong teams all year. And they did pretty well against the Padres, who are doing decent this year. But I think they'll still be around that 60-70 to win thing that a lot of people said the um, start of the year.
1: Yeah, and really in this post-Paul Goldschmidt era, the, there's not that one star. Like, David Peralta is a great player, but there's not that one star that you can point to and say, yeah, that's the face of our franchise. Uh, there's a multitude of guys that could potentially be in that role. David Peralta is probably being one of the top guys, but I'm still not ready to say, yeah, he's the face. But really, the, the D-backs, I, I just don't see – I can see – where they think they'll be able to contend? And if everything goes right at this offense, can click the way they're clicking. And if guys like Robbie Ray and Zach Godley can have good seasons and Merrill Kelly surprise. And, you know, the, the Diamondbacks may be in contention for a wild card spot, but realistically in this gauntlet of a national league in which 13 arguably 14 out of the 15 teams are competing, I don't see this Diamondbacks team winning – more than 75 games in 2019 just because their offense is susceptible to slumps, too. I mean, they've always had a great offense, but really, David Peralta is the engine that runs this offense, and once he slows down, I believe this D-backs offense will slow down along with it, and the pitchers going to have to really carry the team, which they have yet to do thus far. I mean, even... In today's game, when they won fifteen eight, 8, the, the staff still gave up those eight earned runs. So,
0: yeah, Matt Coat had mean, a rough ninth inning.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I'd definitely go with 74 round uh, those number of wins. So let's get to our next question. It's from Blake. Should we have kept JD Martinez?
0: Well, JD Martinez is an amazing player on the Red Sox, and he did really well this of two years ago with the Diamondbacks. So, of course, if you can keep a player like J.D. Martinez, you should always keep him. But I think that it really opens up room for other players that are younger, But I'm and we're not really contending if, if we had J.D. Martinez because he's really – he's an outfielder. He's a star outfielder, but he can't carry the whole team.
1: Yeah, I mean – From just a baseball perspective, I think the Diamondbacks should have clearly kept J.D. Martinez. He wasn't even signed for that much with the Boston Red Sox. And many could argue if the D-backs would have kept J.D., Goldie would also still be in the desert. And, I mean, when they were together, that was something special. So I definitely think they should have kept J.D. Martinez. Uh, But at this point, I mean, uh, it's just really a what if game. It's similar to the... What if Jose Fernandez situation in Miami a little bit less, but you know, uh, Jay Martinez was a great player. He played great in the desert, but uh, his time is obviously done, and uh, maybe maybe he'll come on uh, free agency, but I highly doubt that. Let's get into our next question. It's from Matt. Any areas that you would like to see improved?
0: Well, obviously with the offense doing amazing, I'd love to see their pitching improved. Their bullpen is really weak, and their starters also haven't been doing really very well. But, of course, it's the start of the season, and they've been picking it up the last few years. But, again, their bullpen today, they need to find some new long relievers to eat up those innings because Matt Koch is really not doing amazing. He's given up a ton of runs in every game he's been pitching in. So if they can find a new long reliever for to fill in that spot, that would be amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, the reality of the situation is is that the offense is, is going to be there. Uh, the pitching, and know the back end of that rotation does end up being a question mark, and obviously the bullpen. I mean, you have guys towards the back end of that that, that are pre- pretty decent, but you get towards the arm relief innings, and what if the the back end guys are down for the day, it's going to be tough to keep those leads. So, definitely think that the, the pitching is a need uh, for this team. Um, I mean, it's really going to be internal improvements at this point, but uh, it is what it is for 2019. Our last question, it is from Wisconsin Sports Zone. Uh, record prediction and team MVP. I'm going to let you take this one first, Chris.
0: Um, I'm pretty sure we'll win 75 games or around 60 to 75. It really depends on how their pitching does and if their offense slumps. And our MVP is definitely going to be Peralta. He's been on fire so far. So he, he's definitely going to be it. the MVP. All so I think right. we're going to uh, for – yeah, yeah. Uh... Go
1: ahead. We got uh, Matthew from Surprise. Wanted to talk about uh, the Diamondbacks home opener and the pitching. So, we'll bring on Matthew. How are you doing tonight?
2: Good. How are you guys?
1: Doing good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, great win for the team tonight. What, what uh, struck you most from the home opener at Chase Field?
2: I'd say the pitching and the defense mainly, like a lot of it was really good and then when Matt Cook came in, we had a pretty close one because he gave up, what, seven? Something like that, right?
0: hmm Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good thing we were winning 15 to, like, what, 5 Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, 15 oh. to one, and then he came in and gave up seven.
2: Yikes. Oh, boy. I tuned in, like, at the last minute near the postgame, which kind of sucked. I wasn't able to watch it, but... I saw it on, like, uh, ESPN on my phone, which,
1: yeah, I mean, it, it was a definitely a great game tonight for Diamondbacks fans, you know, and the home opener really showed out in that first home game without Paul Gorgeman. So anything else that uh, struck you from tonight's game or any other questions, comments?
2: Um, Maybe just I say we should probably cut Matt Cook after tonight's performance, but the pitching overall is really good. I say we have a solid uh, team this year if we can bounce back from like the first few uh, games and now that we're back to 500, we just keep going from here and see what happens.
0: Yeah. I see yeah, how you, what compete. you mean about cutting him, but he really was pretty good overall as a starter last year. I think he's just a little um, upset about being in the bullpen, maybe send him down. And if he doesn't do good in the bullpen there, I don't think you should cut him because he, he shows he can be a good starter.
2: I mean, yeah, you got a point there. With the starting, he did really good last year, and I guess cutting him down to bullpen kind of hurt him a little bit, but doesn't that kind of add depth to the bullpen for now, and then if we get someone better than Cook, maybe we can bump him back up or something?
0: Yeah, I, I see what you mean there, but being a – Move from a starter, which you've worked all the way to get up, to a long relief pitcher is a big change, especially when you've had to pitch 65 pitches in your first game.
2: That is true. Yeah, he. Yeah. But overall, solid pitching and definitely some solid defense by the Diamondbacks. Mhm.
0: Definitely. <clears throat> all
1: right. Yeah. So, any other uh, things you want to bring tonight, Matthew?
0: Uh,
2: not really. I just wanted to talk about tonight's game after seeing what happened. So,
1: yeah, it was oh, yeah. a great game and thank you for calling. I uh, hope you tune in the rest of the show and we'll uh, see you next time. Yep. See you next time guys. Uh, right. have a good night, Matthew. All right.
0: Have a good night. <clears throat> okay. So yeah, we're going to lo- so- move in.
1: Go ahead.
0: We're going to move into some news from the Diamondbacks first week and, uh, Anything you had to add, Benson?
1: Uh, I really just wanted to quickly touch on uh, Matthew's point on how this Diamondbacks team could be contenders. And, you know, I, I hate to play devil's advocate on a Diamondbacks podcast and say, boo-hoo, this team isn't going to be any good. It's just tough to see them compete <clears throat> in this stacked NL West. Um, but But really... Uh, it, it was a great game. They can use this as a springboard. You never know what can happen. It's baseball, <clears throat> uh, but it'll be interesting to see how the, how the D-backs fare uh, through the rest of the season. Uh, but at this point, we actually have to go to a quick break, and uh, I'll actually take it from here. So, uh, it's my show tomorrow morning, Bucket Booth. Tune in at 8 a.m. Eastern. We've got a, uh, a packed lineup to get to. We're going to be talking about the two straight wins against the Cincinnati Reds, 2-0, and how the pitching staff looked, and uh, the, the terrible Cardinals series with the bullpen blowing it, but with Chris Archer sparkling in the Pirates' home opener, need a big year from him. Uh, so a lot to dig into tomorrow morning on Buckabooth at 8 a.m. Really a tail of two, two parts in this past Pirates week. So you don't want to miss that, 8 a.m. tomorrow morning, join me uh, 8 a.m. Eastern, so we will see you there tomorrow. But, uh, Chris, let's uh, head back into our discussion. But first, if you want to go to any Diamondbacks games this year, head over to stubyard.com and punch in promo code BPN10. That is BPN10 at stubyard.com Get 10% off all tickets for all events at stubyard.com. Definitely saves you a heck of a lot more money. You don't want to miss it. And head over to baseballpodcastnet.com. Draw Dyson's super nice uh, Zoom buyout t shirt design. So go check that out. And if you're listening to us right now live, give us a call 845 277 9345. I want to talk a little about that pitching staff and just really breaking it down. So I want to get into the rotation first and um, just get your thoughts on how it's performed so far. What do you think it's going to do the rest of the season? Um, so, Chris,
0: thoughts? Well, I mean, our first week was very rough, and uh, Kelly at the back end of that rotation did the best of any starter did for the first week, getting his win and the against the Padres in that opening. But all the pitchers did pretty roughly the, the first start, exactly, especially Granke, and it, they really didn't look very good. But over the second week, they looked better, and I think, I, honestly, I think that's just a case of, being in Dodger Stadium for the first game of the year and just not being quite ready as they should have been. But they progressed and got better. Hopefully they keep getting better as the season goes on.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's not good when the leading ERA guy on your team has a 4.35 ERA and Robbie Ray – on uh, two starts so far, he's 0-1 with that 4.35 ERA in his 10 and a third innings of work. And then after that, I mean, Granky just abysmal start to the season, a 9.31 ERA in his two starts. He does have a win up uh, in his 9 and two thirds innings of work, uh, but something's gotta be fixed, especially with Granky. And really, the talk of this off season after the Goldschmidt trade was who's next, and uh, nobody. Appeared to be next after that. A lot of the talk was, oh, Granky's gone, Ahmed's gone, Peralta's gone, but the the big guy was Granky. I believe the the Diamondbacks would have and really should have traded him if they got any suitors, but that contract is just too big at this point, and nobody wants a guy who can barely touch 90 with his fastball anymore, and um, really just on the decline of his career and is getting paid uh, superstar type money. Chris, do you think there's any chance? At all that that Gray he could potentially be moved this season.
0: Well, I just wanted to touch on a little bit on what you said about how the ERAs are all really high, and of course they're not good ERAs, and that's really rough. But if you, you when you only pitch ten innings, and that's how much you've pitched through the start of the year, when you give up like two or three runs, that's not that's not especially terrible. But your ERA is going to be really high after that, and it's because you haven't pitched many innings. And about Greinke, I definitely don't think anyone wants him. He's just getting paid too much for his age, and he's been digressing over the past few years, and no one's going to try and take him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that D-back should try to move him and honestly just try to get his salary off the books. If, if they could trade him just straight up for whoever, as long as it's not another bad contract in return, I think the Diamondbacks have to look to pursue that deal as soon as possible. Uh, But realistically, I I think they could maybe work out, pay a majority of his remaining salary, try to get a couple prospects in return. It's not going to be anybody major at this point. Uh, I mean, on on the plus side, I mean, on the things that you can look at for positive for Granky, he's only pitched nine two-thirds, but he does have the 13Ks to go with it. So the strikeout stuff isn't going anywhere. Uh, Robbie Ray as well. He has 12 strikeouts in his 10 and a third innings of work. Uh, So definitely the K's are racking up, and even Godley eight strikeouts in 11 innings. So I mean the strikeouts are there. They're just not uh, getting the guys out right now. And obviously it is baseball. I mean their ERAs will get lower, and if they don't, they won't be around for very long. But just like on this rotation right now, I mean, coming into the year, you have Zach Granke, Robbie Ray, Godley, Kelly, Luke Weaver. What are your thoughts right now on the rotation?
0: Well, I think it's looking better after this week, of course. And um, I I don't really think that it's going to get a ton better, but I really hope it does because, of course, I'm a Diamondbacks fan. I want their team to get better. The the pitching's definitely uh, looking up, and Grinke did better. Merrick Kelly, if he can do better, that'd be amazing because he had a really great first start to the season against the Padres. And the team's just looking up all around. But I still don't think they have enough pitching in the bullpen, especially when they go long.
1: For sure. And, I mean, they got Luke Weaver going tomorrow. Uh, I mean – he hasn't done too well thus far. has a chance against David Price. We'll see how he does tomorrow. And he could barely, really be a nice piece. And to be honest, just that for a PR perspective, he needs to be a nice piece because he's the, the big get in the Goldschmidt trade when they got Weaver, uh, Kelly, and I believe it was Andy Young from the Cardinals. Um, yeah, he was a, he's a young prospect. Yeah, second-base prospects from the St. Louis Cardinals organization. Luke Weaver needs to turn into the the pitcher that really Cardinals fans and people know he's capable of. I saw Luke Weaver pitch a decent amount last season, and I wasn't – I'm just being honest. I wasn't impressed all that much. Uh, I mean, he was compared to a guy like Jack Flaherty. Obviously, Flaherty took that step. Weaver did not. Uh, I mean, I could see Weaver being a – three, four guy in rotation, maybe a five, but I don't really ever see him blossoming into what you should have gotten in return for Paul Goldschmidt, but uh, definitely an important start, I believe, from tomorrow night, first start at home. Uh, What are your thoughts so far on Luke Weaver?
0: About the Goldschmidt trade, I definitely think we should have gotten more, and uh, I don't see why we could trade for Carson Kelly or really Luke Weaver. He's he's kind of had a rough career so far. He hasn't done a a whole lot, in three years, he's only pitched in he's only pitched in uh, 53 games, uh, 52 games actually, and that that's really not a, lot, a whole lot of sample size. But his career ERA is 4.85 in those 53 games, which definitely isn't uh, something that you want to be getting back for Goldschmidt. So that's 4.85 of career ERA. That's something you uh, see out of a three or four or definitely a five starter and it's really not what you want to see but of course with a when you that's what you get back if you get nothing and that's what you trade for then I guess that's what you gotta deal with.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean I, I don't want to digress into the whole Goldie discussion now the Cardinals I mean at least for now we don't know what any young's gonna do and still young and Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly's careers uh, but, but they got away with some big-time robbery, taking Goldschmidt and then signing him to that extension. Um, I mean, I, I really don't want to get into that sour note talk. I do want to get into the rest of um this pitching staff and this rotation. And really, Merrill Kelly is, is a guy that's interesting to me. I mean, coming over from overseas to come make his MLB debut, and decent. I mean, he got a win in his first start. So if Merrill Kelly can – you know, replicate what he's done in his first career start. Uh, do you think that's enough, or do you think he has to be better than what he's shown so far?
0: I, he did better uh, this year than I really expected he would. I, I mean, uh, he's only had one start, but I really didn't expect him to be the first starting pitcher to actually get a win. And uh, I, I'm glad he was, but I hope he does better, but he's really exceeding my expectations for the first game that he's pitched in. I don't. I. I can't see him doing much better. But he's 30 years old, and he just made his first start in the MLB. I definitely think he might be a big force, five starter the next few years. If Luke Weaver doesn't pan out, he may have to move up and take a bigger role. But he's definitely exceeding my expectations so far.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the rest of the rotation. You got Robbie Ray. His ERA is going to drop. He's a good pitcher, but. I really don't know if he's ready to become the ace of a rotation, and that's really what he is at this point. Granke is no longer that guy. It is Robbie Ray, but he doesn't scream ace to me. Yes, he racks up the strikeouts, can be a very good pitcher at times, but at least to me, he doesn't scream ace. What what, what do you think about that?
0: Well, I think that Robbie Ray this year. I don't think he's ready, and I don't think he's shown that he's ready for to be the ace. I definitely think I thought he would be, but the first two starts were not amazing, and what I was hoping for. He's. I think he can be ace material. I'm a little biased, of course, but he he's a lefty. He did really well in 2017, made the All Star game, which of course doesn't really matter, but he just exceeded expectations that year. I definitely think he could do it again, and do even better.
1: Yeah, and really it would have been nice to see that 2017 turn to a springboard for him. Just overall for this D-back staff, like in the future, I mean, John Duplantier, could he potentially be like the ace of the future? Is that what you're thinking, Chris?
0: I definitely think that a few years down the road, maybe even four or five years. But I definitely think that's what they have him here for. Taylor Widener is another guy that can be competing for that. Ace position, ace spot on that team. But I, I like Duplantier better than Widener. And I definitely think that uh, he, he's going to be the ace in the future, even better than Ray and anyone else they have.
1: Yeah, like if I definitely think Duplantier is ace stuff, ace potential. And like if we're looking at who's gonna be the ace who's gonna be the guy that takes that and runs with it, I think Duplantier can be that at some point this season. He can show that he's capable of doing that and definitely in twenty twenty and beyond. Besides that, mm-hmm. I think Robbie Ray, right, he can be a great number two. He's a he's a great pitcher. I'm not saying he's not, not knocking on him at all, but he doesn't he's not the guy that I believe can lead a rotation um and is much better suited as being uh, the number two guy, and then I think Zach Godley at this point in his career sort of settled into that three four role spot in the rotation, and then in the future really it, it depends if you want to, if Luke Weaver can show ace capable uh, what Merrill Kelly shows, uh, and then obviously Taylor Widener coming up, so definitely an interesting mix in the D backs rotation. I. I mean, I can see Widener maybe competing for that spot. He's not as highly touted as John Duplantier um, is. But if Duplantier doesn't work out as his team's ace um, and number one guy, uh, this rotation is just going to be a bunch of meddling guys for the, the foreseeable future. So Duplantier is a really big season not only for him, but for the, this whole organization because a lot is riding on this guy being the guy for the Arizona Diamondbacks.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree because we don't have an ace other than him really in the making. Luke Weaver's is not going to be one. Robbie Ray definitely has potential, but I don't think he's going to fulfill it. And uh, Duplantier is definitely going to be that guy. But I mean, another honest, thing I wanted to... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I just wanted to bring up real quick. If we're being honest here, the, the dieback should have at least, and I think it should have been built around Flaherty for Goldschmidt. Like, that would have been the best deal, uh, I believe, and really they should have gotten that. Uh, they didn't, they got Weaver instead, but I'll go ahead and finish your point.
0: Well, uh, in that Goldschmidt traded player I was looking for was Tyler O'Neal, their outfielder, the, one of the big outfielder prospects in the Cardinals who had a really solid end of the year last year.
1: For sure, for sure.
0: And, I mean,
1: goldsmith trade is gone. It's 2019. First week is, is past us, and we D-backs fans need to uh, look towards the future. So, yeah, that's actually going to wrap it up for our show tonight, uh, How Time Flew. So, yeah, Blake was unable to join us tonight, but I had uh, fun talking D-backs baseball with you, Chris. And, um, yeah, uh, great show tonight. Um, D-backs fans, we will see you here again next Friday. Probably around the same time, we will let you know on the Baseball Podcast Network Instagram account. But until then, have a great night. Go D-backs, as always. And uh, do me a big favor and tune into my show tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Go D-backs, and we'll see you next week. Rattle Up is produced by Benson Fector. Rattle Up is a Baseball Podcast Network production. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram. Chris Sumner at Chris underscore Sumner 710. And Blake Warner at Everything D-backs. Be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all our social media platforms as well. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P O D. C-A-S-1, SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network, and YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you all for
0: tuning in. We'll see you next time.